BeeCast. This is Monica Steely with you here today, and I am kind of taking over the reins of introing moderator typey person um, because Amber is leading us this week. So we are talking about women in the Bible, and our current series is Be Enough. Uh, for this first little mini series, we have talked about Eve. We have talked about Elizabeth, and this week, uh, Amber's going to bring us some information about Priscilla. I feel like you should host from now on because your voice is so calming <laughs> and like soothing. It's I like, just turn into very BWNCT. I turn into NPR <laughs> and I channel Saturday Night Live skits. And, <laughs> and, and this is why Saturday I don't Night moderate. Good, and this very is why good. I don't moderate. Yeah, that was Sarah, lovely. What are you talking about? You don't have a soothing voice. I don't voice. have a voiceover voice. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> Merry it's Christmas, us y'all. Again. <laughs> That's right. It's my T-shirt. Maybe That's not right. what our maybe not what our listeners are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> not to start things off. Oh. Um, okay, so but yeah, so we're here with Amber today, and she's going to talk to us about Priscilla, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I just I know do. like the briefest. Of I know nothing about Priscilla. About Priscilla. Yeah, I I basically know that. She's usually mentioned with her husband, and that sometimes she's called Prissa. Prissa. I just learned hey, that from yeah, a Bible cute. studies. Two whole things. Prissa. Okay, Prissa. so Priscilla, we're going to be talking about Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla is the female. Can we call her Prissa? I kind of like that. I, yes, we could. We could do that. <laughs> um, yes, uh, so Priscilla and Aquila, and Aquila is her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things just to set the stage for Priscilla and Aquila. Um, they are mentioned, the reason why I'm kind of talking about both of them, like throughout our other, like ladies, we've really focused on really just the woman and we'll talk a lot about Priscilla, but Mm -hmm. we're also going to talk about the relationship between Priscilla and Aquila because, uh, they are mentioned by name six times in the Bible. Wow. And every single time they are mentioned together, they're never mentioned separately. Um, and another interesting fact is that four of the six times Priscilla's name is mentioned first, mm-hmm. which is uh, an interesting thing that we'll touch on. Go woman. Go women. Yay. It's now Monica and Greg, not Greg and Monica. <laughs> That's right. You mean <laughs> so I'm more than go. Chris and Chris's wife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, the another thing that I feel like I need to let you all know is that if Priscilla and Aquila had been alive today, they would have had... The most amazing couple name, Priquilla. <laughs> Tell me that is not that is better than Benifer. Uh, it's it's the best one yet, Priquilla. Yeah. Wow, it's like, like they were it. created to go together. I, yeah. So you will Aquissa. hear me. You, you say? I thought about Aquissa. Yeah, Aquissa. Um, you will he- hear me call them Priquilla many times because Aquissa. it's just too good, too easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a little uh, synopsis of kind of their story in the Bible um, because there are only. Not six verses. They're mentioned all throughout kind of Acts 18. Um, but And they're just very... So they're a New Testament couple. They're a New mm-hmm. Testament couple. Okay. They're very intertwined in the life of Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Aquila, the husband, is Jewish. And um, Priscilla, they think she was possibly Roman by mm. her name. Um, and Priscilla is a diminutive of the Roman name Prissa. So Prissa is actually the more... Um, traditional name. I love that. And Priscilla is kind of a nickname. Yeah. Almost. And I I find that really sweet because when she's called Priscilla in the Bible, it's in Paul's letters. And it's, they were very, very, very incredibly close, close. with Paul. And it's like he's like calling her by a sisterly nickname, mm. which I find so cool. That is cool. That Especially for Paul because you don't, 
you don't think about Paul's them as real people sometimes. So, you know, you don't think of him as being personal. Yeah. And and this is someone who is so incredibly special to his heart that he mm. had a like a little nickname. So for he her. called her Priscilla. Priscilla, yeah, several times. Mm. I wonder if he was mashing up their names because Aquila, Aquila, and Priscilla. Bet I bet that's where Priscilla came from. Maybe he was the original name masher upper. Maybe there's a, that's a possibility. I'm gonna ask him. I heaven. think that we could. I Let's think we ask could him. Easily okay. assume that. I do like Prissa though. I wonder if Addie would mind if I just started calling her Prissa. Hey Prissa. Prissa. I'm not Prissy. <laughs> that's what she would say. Mm-hmm. So Paul but she is. met Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth. Um, um, Aquila had been um, sent out for, by Claudius, uh, had kind of exiled the Jews and mm. made them all leave their homeland um, and so in Pontius. And so they went to Corinth, and at the same time, Paul went to Corinth. It's kind of one of them was coming from the east and got sent to Corinth, and, and then Paul was coming from um, Paul was coming from the east, and, and Priscilla and Aquila were coming from the west, and they just kind of both mashed up in Corinth at the same time in the same place. It's one of those moments that you, looking back, being able to look back at the scriptures, you think God knew that these these two peoples needed to be together. Yeah. Okay, so um, a lot of what we're going to talk about with Priscilla and Aquila is a kingdom marriage Mm. because their relationship is so integral to who they are in the scripture. Um, There's Priscilla, and then there's Aquila, and then there's this and in between them and that and is their relationship um that is as evident in the scripture as they are it's wow n- it's never just one or the other that that relationship between the two of them is as powerful as they are individually if not more so um priscilla on her own priscilla's name uh i really love it means in in uh, the greek means ancient worthy or venerable which is like incredibly uh, important mm. uh, and and I told you that Priscilla's name is mentioned first several times in the scripture this is a really significant thing in the uh, in ancient times that almost never happened right. where a woman's name was mentioned first um, and there's a lot of speculation as why Priscilla's name is appears first but most likely it seems because she was the more prominent prominent in intellectual ability or character and service. Hmm. So for so ancient she was times, more dominant personality. She was the more dominant personality <laughs> I what that's like. of the two. I wonder what it's like to have a I know that this is foreign to you, Sarah. Like you're going to have to really think through <laughs> yeah. how someone else would, would feel. Right. But yeah, it's possible yeah, that Priscilla was the, in was the dominant shoes. personality. What's cool about that, okay, is um, I think that it demonstrates really something very beautiful about the relationship between Priscilla and Aquila that Aquila was okay with yep. allowing his wife I to be who that she was. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because in ancient culture, like remember Mary and Joseph, like Joseph had the opportunity to have Mary imprisoned or right. killed for yeah. being like right. women just, they just did not have any place <laughs> in society to have leadership or authority or because or, the people forgot about Azer. That's right, the mm-hmm. Azer connected. Mm-hmm. And it all became subservient. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And and Aquila saw that in his wife, and instead of being threatened by it, um, he saw that as something beautiful in her and and allowed her to step that forward really in the role that God created for her. It's a good thing Chris doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, he's yeah. got a real he's passive so lucky. wife. Yeah. Um Praquilla 
paints the picture um, of a marriage. Perquilla. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I did you just that. do that on purpose? <laughs> yeah, I did. Perquilla paints a picture of a marriage that was a partnership, a team with mutual love and respect. They are one. I love this. I'm going to love this story. Their story is really cool. I want that story. It's I mean, I love story. Chris. Don't get me wrong. We yeah. do have a, a fantastic marriage. Um, and it could go Chris and Sarah or Sarah and Chris on any given day. But I, that's like, I'm a, I'm a romanticist in the fact that I just want to have the most beautiful oneness marriage. Mm, yeah. Just such a heart, just beat of mine. Well, it's, it's kind of a weird thing in the church for me. The, the way that we talk about marriage mm-hmm. in the church is not always great. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the reason why is because we have these roles that yes. like men and women are supposed to fill mm-hmm. instead of um, talking about what Priscilla and Aquila had, which was this unity in this Coming oneness. alongside of. Yeah. Um, Not Greg, one in front of the other. Yeah. Alongside of. Greg Boyd talks about, I don't remember, it was a sermon I heard of his at one point in time, and he talked about a kingdom marriage, and he said, you know, there is the husband and, and the husband is over mm-hmm. here. You know, if you think of like a picture, the husband's over here and then there's the wife over here. And mm-hmm. then in between them is the relationship. And mm. if you can start picturing the relationship as a thing that exists, not you don't focus on that person or you don't, you know, the husband doesn't focus on just the wife and the wife doesn't focus on just the husband. But you focus on this thing together called the relationship yep. as an actual thing, as an actual existing thing. Um then you can start moving together in oneness instead of going at each other. Mm -hmm. It's a real interesting concept. Um, So here's, we're going to talk about a few ways that Priscilla and Aquila were one. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that they were one is they were one in the Lord. We aren't really sure when Priscilla and Aquila became Christians, but it's clear that they both equally acknowledged an absolute Lordship of Christ over every part of their lives. Mm. Um, they had to be united in that. They had to be one in that. It couldn't be that one was kind of a Christian or, mm-hmm. or one was um, uh, knew who Jesus was but wasn't walking with Christ. They mm-hmm. had to both equally acknowledge Christ's lordship over their lives to be able to be one in the Lord. I think that's such a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is vital in our marriage that Christ come before every other part of our lives, even our spouse. Mm-hmm. Priscilla and Aquila acknowledged that Christ Christ was Lord over their lives, not mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. When we try to put um, our spouse in the place of God, mm-hmm. things just go south. Yeah. We've yeah. all seen yeah. or experienced that, you know. Um, another way that they were one was they were one in their daily work. The scripture tells us that by their occupation, they were tent makers. I don't know if you knew that. No, um, so it's I'm not sure if Paul became a tent maker because of his relationship with Priscilla and Aquila, right? Or if they were tent makers and tent makers like to hang together, right, right, <laughs> you know? Right. I don't really like know. Carnies, <laughs> which came first? <laughs> um, but don't yeah. you wish you could find out these little tidbits we will and one details? Day. We will It'll one day. Happen. But it, like you wish you could right now, like yeah, like Paul. But so not only were Priscilla and Aquila. Um, tent makers with Paul and they had that in common with him, but they had that in common with each other. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, I don't know if either of you have experienced, I know that you have to some degree working with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that can be tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Working, even working on a project with yeah. your spouse, like I remember there were times hanging pictures that, oh. you know, we need to just, we need to walk away. We need to walk away from the pictures because Put the someone's going to get hurt. Yes. Put the hammer and the nails down. I think we need to just go to our separate <laughs> rooms for a minute and come back to the pictures or whatever it is. But Priscilla and Aquila, they did daily life together. Mm. Um, and, and this applies to us not just an occupational yep. work, like if you and your husband work in the same um uh, organization or whatever that is also impressive and awesome to me but they also did daily life together yeah. they were partnership in their in their work as as a family um have either of you experienced an opportunity to work um with your spouse and how did that go not even occupationally like work on life yeah. you know Um, yes, we have worked occupationally together and just in life together. And, um, I think the, the detriment for us is, um, I think that we do work well together. Um, like if there's projects at home or whatever, we, we work pretty well together and we can each tell if someone's getting a little bit short fused, we know where to like give some grace and step back and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. The, the detriment has been occupationally in that everything in our marriage and relationship then becomes surrounding mm. the occupational work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and had to start instituting things like date nights where we don't mention anything about work whatsoever kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, because then then the work becomes our marriage instead yeah. of our marriage oh, being yeah. the marriage. Oh, so. yeah. That's so easy to do mm-hmm. when you're working together. Because you would normally, at the end of the day, come mm-hmm. home and talk about your day and, and work with your spouse. But when yes. you're both at the same place, it can get very, All for certain consuming. personalities, get very dangerous. And yeah. it got very dangerous for me. Yeah. Um, and Which is, you know, why I've made certain decisions about work that yeah. I have. Oh, yeah. What lately. about you, Sarah? Chris and I work phenomenally well together. Um, it's really, it's crazy. We do a lot of stuff really well. Um, big picture things, little picture things like housework or whatever. It's best for us not to do together. It's best for me to give him a list or for him to give me a list and us yeah. to work on those separately because those are not, we're not in our sweet spot when we're doing those kinds mm-hmm. of things. And so, you know, we may not enjoy what we're doing. So the last thing we want to do is try to have to do it with somebody and make it longer lasting than it has to be or whatnot. But when it comes to like the things that matter, I, mean, I think that, um, you know, he and I have worked in businesses together, ministries together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we call parenting team Goaty. You know, I think we do that stuff really well. But when we don't do it really well, it's really ugly. Yeah. <laughs> His personality. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, because we don't have a subservient personality in our marriage. We're both strong yeah. personalities. So it's hard for either one of us to want to back down or do it different or whatever so yeah 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 well so, we, we've learned we've come a long long way take some time it does it does because you have to you have to roll and figure things out and figure each other out and be willing to change I think that's a huge part of that is you have to be willing to be part of the solution to the problem yeah for sure. and not just make the other person responsible for the solution to the problem yeah okay so another way that Priscilla and Aquila were one was they were one in friendship uh, mm. Priscilla and Aquila had a profound and deep love for Paul. They were incredibly loyal to him. Um, they 
they met in Corinth, and then they um, ended up traveling to Ephesus together with Paul and were missionaries in Ephesus, and then they split up, and um, it's they're, they went all over the place. They were a very flexible couple. Hmm. Um, but their relationship with Paul, even until, like, Paul's last letter in Timothy, he says, you know, give my love to Priscilla and Aquila. They were had a very deep relationship with him. Mm-hmm. At one point, Paul even says that uh, they were willing to stick out their necks on his behalf in Romans 16, 3, three through uh, 4. And some even believe that they allowed themselves to be killed to save Paul. Wow. Which is why some traditions recognize them as martyrs. Wow. Wow. Yeah, in some translations it says that they were they submitted their necks to the knife is what it says. So some people wow. believe that they were beheaded and sacrificed themselves to save Paul. Mm. Um, unity takes uh, to for both people to be ready to lay down your life for the sake of one person is astounding. I think so when we picture martyrs or we picture, um, yeah, martyrs, people who are willing to lay down their lives on behalf of another person, um, you think of one person being willing to do that. To think of two, two. people mm-hmm. being willing, in united together, being willing to lay down their life on mm. for on behalf of one other person, that's a really incredible thing. That's incredible. Really, yeah. the only other time that you see that kind of um, willingness to lay down your life, I think of almost like a military yeah. mindset. You know, right. like soldier. Like we are united, we are fighting for a cause. And Mm -hmm. that's what Priscilla and Aquila had on behalf of Paul. Wow. It's not certain if they did lose their life, but they were at least willing to. Right. We know for sure. Wow. Wow. Um, I I don't know if Greg and I could say the same about you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one of you could. I think one of us could. They are not united. I won't say who's who, which is which, but I think one is and one isn't, maybe. One would probably... (laughs) No, I'm not going to say that. That's <laughs> ugly. I know exactly what you're That's about really to say. That's really mean. He might. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I think that um, in our day-to-day lives, like as married people, we have a lot of like couple friends. We have a lot of um, different relationships, but it's, I find it really rare as a couple to have a Paul relationship Yeah. in your marriage. Can yeah. you think of any like anyone in your life that you I have that know. kind of relationship with? Wow, that's a really, really good point, right? Because you even think about the number of friendships that just change. You know, some of your closest friends that aren't your closest friends anymore Mm -hmm. that you think you'll always be the closest friends for and fight for and do life with. And, yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. Priscilla and Aquila sought out someone they pretty much adopted Paul yeah. into their family. Uh-huh. They they sought Which out someone who didn't have really because mm-hmm. Paul didn't have Mm-mm. any. His of families that. were Pharisees. Yeah, yeah. So when he became a Christian, <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, there was not. Yeah, that's really a beautiful. Isn't that just so how we're supposed to be too? You mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. It says that they opened up their home and Paul lived with them for some time. Um, I I think that it's important for us to examine our relationships and see, are we willing to be mm-hmm. a Priscilla and a Aquila mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to people around us? Mm-hmm. Some people are naturally, they just exist in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents are some of those people. Um, we, and my family like to say that my parents collect people mm-hmm. because they really do. If they go mm-hmm. out to dinner somewhere like in the, in town, 
uh, they'll go out, just the two of them, and by the time they leave the restaurant, there's, you know, three other people and mm-hmm. a waiter sitting with them, and just, they have Talking. just collected right. these people that may not have other people, and they just are drawn to them. And some people are just naturally like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're not naturally like that, seek out ways to be a Proquilla yes. to a Paul. Yeah. 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 Because the Pauls need them. Um, if Priscilla and Aquila had not been there for Paul, I don't know that he would have been the effective minister that he became well, because he didn't wouldn't have had the support. Right. And he wouldn't have had the means either. You were saying how you, you know, tying this in like with be enough, but like, it's almost like be enough of a friend, mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. enough of a, as a spouse, mm-hmm. like be enough. Yeah. Don't shortchange the friendship don't shortchange yeah. the marriage be and be what you were called to be and be enough yeah be willing be willing yeah it's beautiful um okay so another way that they were one was they were one in ministry together uh paul gives us still further insight into the passionate desire of aquila and priscilla to bind the saints together in fellowship um to the corinthians he wrote aquila and priscilla salute you I salute you much in the Lord with the church in their house. So Priscilla and Aquila opened up their home to the church. Mm. Um, You know, back then they didn't have church buildings. Um, The church happened in homes. One of the homes that the first church was in was in their home. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Could you imagine being their home and Paul spoke in? Like, just, that's pretty darn cool if you think about just the trailblazer and having someone like Paul speaking in that your house. Mm-hmm. That is crazy cool. Yeah. So imagine the like spiritual discernment and the knowledge of the scripture that they gained yeah. by living with somebody like Paul. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they both developed a keen spiritual discernment for true and false doctrine because of Paul. And uh, this later enabled them to help a good brother in the Lord, Apollos. You've heard of Apollos. Mm-hmm. He was one, like later on, Paul says, like some say they follow Apollo, some say they follow Paul. Like he became huge in the development of um, the Christian, the early Christian church. Um, Okay, so Apollos, whose knowledge of divine truth was in some way deficient, while Apollos was a very good and gifted, dedicated, and dedicated to God, he did not know some of the essential truths of the Christian faith. Nothing, it seems, beyond the truth of John John's baptism. So at a certain point, Apollos, all he was preaching and teaching and doing all this great stuff, but the only, his only knowledge of the scripture, it ended at John's baptism. So Priscilla and Aquila, they listened to him for a while, and they rightly discerned the problem and decided to help him become fully enlightened in the faith, and they shared Christ with Apollos. Wow. Priscilla and Aquila, and Aquila adopted Apollos into their life, teached him, it taught him, gu- guided him, um, showed him the truths of Christ. And because of that, Apollos went on to be one of wow. the biggest impacts wow. in the early church. Their ministry was vital yeah. to the church taking off and growing the way that it did. Do we know if they had children? We do not. And it's assumed that they do not. Because I was going to say, yeah. what a beautiful example of having being spiritual parents if they yes. were not natural yes. parents. That's exactly and continuing right. continuing to use um, their gifts like not comparing themselves with other people That's exactly um, right. and what they had to offer, it's but so seeing that with, they still had plenty to offer, even though they ha- were childless, yeah. that was the case. Yeah. And, and, and thinking too, of God's purposes, had they had a child, there's a chance that they would not have been right. as effective in ministry of because course. they wouldn't have had that desire to impart wisdom mm-hmm. and teaching and nurturing to someone who is an adult. Yeah. Um, Priscilla, the more 
who is the more gifted teacher of the two of them, probably was not allowed to teach publicly at the time, um, but she was permitted to teach in her own home the Word of God. And so this is another, this would probably be my biggest point that I'd want women to hone in on in this lesson of Priscilla is, in this lesson of being enough, um, she was okay with being enough where she was. Mm -hmm. She was probably more gifted, a more gifted teacher than the Pharisees and and the people that were teaching in the synagogue, but she was not permitted to teach there. Where she was permitted to teach was in her own home. And because of that, she equipped one of the most powerful uh, leaders in the early church to go out and share the gospel. Right. Which she never would have been able to do right. herself. Um, and so I would encourage all of the women to be okay with being enough where you are. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, Women today in ministry, not just in ministry, but all over our nation, they come up against obstacles, whether Mm -hmm. that be culturally, um, whether that be ministerially. (coughs) You know what? It's hard to be a woman in ministry. It just is. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to come up up upon restrictions, whether they be valid or invalid. Um, Serve where you are. The God has given you um, a platform, no matter how big it is, you have a platform, and yeah. God needs you to use that platform. Take advantage of it, and don't think that just because it's small, it's ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. It is purposeful, and it is effective. Well, and I had thought of a few other things, too. Like, we talked about Eve not comparing herself to God, and Elizabeth not comparing herself to others. Um, and with Priscilla, it's I keep thinking, like, I wonder if she had those thoughts of, like, I'm just as good a teacher as Paul. I'm oh, just yeah. as good a teacher yeah. as Aquila. But, like, right? not comparing herself to her husband. Not comparing herself Shh, to Paul. That's exactly not right. Not comparing their journey to someone to else's journey. Apollos. Um, and not comparing their calling to Paul's calling. Mm-hmm. Like, there's exactly so many right. different layers of where it's so easy to throw that comparison out. She had to be okay being enough where she was. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly That's right. really, really cool. Just seeing how all these women so far. Yeah. And if she was more dominant of a personality, for lack of a better way to say that, I think sometimes it's easy to think to compare your husband to other people like yes. that too. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't compare your spouse to Paul. Yes. Wishing that he yes. was more like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many different layers of that. Maybe yeah. she was just more passionate. I like mm-hmm. the word passionate. Yeah, we you do like well, that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, that's the better word. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Because Paul was very passionate. Just kidding. Paul was very passionate. And she was spicy. Yes. And and Priscilla probably easily could have compared could have, Aquila yeah. to mm-hmm. Paul and said, why but are I, you more like him? Why it aren't doesn't, you? It sounds like she completely avoided yeah. that yeah. probably natural tendency. Or why aren't you yeah. more like me? Like, why don't you get out there and go and, right. you know, I can't do that. Why won't you do that? Mm-hmm. But they were content with who the Lord, she was content with who the Lord created Aquila to be. And he was content with, with who she yeah. was. And um, I love that part too. Yeah. I love that he was okay with how she was, which was not culturally right. Acceptable. He yeah, he, he didn't her compare her. her to all the other wives and all who the other submissive. women. Why can't you just quiet. put on an apron and be that's barefoot right. in the kitchen? Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty much the lesson that on Priscilla and Aquila. I have one more tidbit. Yes. Um, that I find fascinating. Some scholars believe that Priscilla actually wrote the mysterious anonymous book. A letter to the Hebrews. Really? really? That just gave me <sighs> chills. I know. I have them too. Quietly, so sil- cool. silently, without recognition, ministering to wow. not only her generation, not only to Apollos, but to the world. The entire, yeah. Yeah. I, because wow. 
like especially that section about like the hall of faith and all of the history no having that education to know all of that yeah. and to have heard it from Paul right who for sure would have known all of that like <gasps> Ooh, that's awesome. Doesn't that blow your mind? That's really, really cool. Those are the kind of things I love to think about, whether mm-hmm. they're true or not, which right. is one just of the reasons I want to read it. the apocalypse. Like, I just want yeah. to like, have just the possibilities to speculate mm-hmm. on possibilities mm-hmm. like yeah. that. <gasps> yeah. Things that we would have never thought of otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that I found just... That, I found that fascinating. It's fabulous. Priscilla's cool. There's six verses, yeah. but she's really cool. Who she was um, in, the, in the light of the gospel and in the light of the cultural climate that she was living in is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, go read Acts 18 and all about, it's really about Paul, but in the, in the mix of it is this amazing couple that he would not have survived. He would not have thrived as a minister um, without. So there you go. Priscilla and Perquilla. Hashtag Perquilla. Hashtag (laughs) Perquilla. Do you have any um, oh practical applications? Yes, I do. I do. Um, and these are the external practical applications, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because we'll have some internal practical applications for 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 our later, later episode. another time. Okay. So um, the external practical applications: sit down with your husband um, and ex- and discuss your marriage ministry. Mm. Your marriage is a ministry, um, and how are you ministering together as a couple? Um, I think that that is good for all of us. Andy and I do this from time to time. And in the times that um, we intentionally have sat down and and thought about and and prayed about what our ministry was as a couple, God opened up incredible doors for us and provided some Pauls Mm -hmm. in our life that are incredibly deep, Mm -hmm. um, meaningful relationships that we still have to this day. Can I say something there too? Yeah, I would really encourage... Um, that to be a priority because um, being in the stage of life that I'm in right now and Chris and I coming to the near end of having children at home, uh, we're close to both of them being ready to go to college. And even though they're not ready to go to college, like they're very much so more independent. One is driving. Um, they're just kind of doing their own thing. So Team Goaty has shifted. And Team Goaty's kind of been our ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been what we've done together. And yes, we've had other ministries that we've done along the way, but it's been a while since we've had something that brings the two of us together using our gifts and talents for the betterment of the Lord beyond our kids. Your home life. That's exactly right. Um, I see so many relationships at this point in my life and maybe even a little further ahead than where I am that they do not have something that brings them together. They don't have a common cause. The team Goatee or their team family dynamic has changed. The parenting brought them together. That's what they talked about. That's what they focused on. And now that's gone or it's changed so much that it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not an everyday conversation. And I think that, you know, Chris and I are talking about this over the next three years. We really need to re-identify what do we think our next step is what do we want our next ministry to be what does that look like do we want to minister to young married couples and and I I think that's kind of probably where we're headed Mm -hmm. um but is there is there an organization we want to get involved in that we're passionate about and volunteer at because when you do things together then it just helps root out the little monotonous evil things that can get in the way and cause destruction. And I think this is a beautiful 
story of the two of them because they prayed together, they did ministry together, they worked together. Like they created time to make sure they were constantly doing life together. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't room for them to start doing life with somebody else. Mm -hmm. There wasn't room for them to forget how to do life with their spouse. They didn't have room or margin to fall out of love with each other because they were constantly renewing that day after day. So I think that is a huge thing. Like figure out what your ministry can be and constantly be reevaluating that. And also to, um, women that are listening to this who are unmarried, I don't want you to feel like this is not a message for you. That's right. Um, Priscilla, if she wrote the book of Hebrews, did that alone. She, that's something that you do sitting quietly in your home. Um, that's not out working, you know, publicly Mm -hmm. find what your ministry is, wherever you are, that God has called you to serve, whether that be like Priscilla quietly in the home, Mm -hmm. um, wherever that is, find, uh, discover the platform that God has given right. you and be intentional about using it for his purposes and be, be enough in that. And there's something to be said for, um, probably who she was before she got married mm-hmm. because who she was in her marriage was so settled and so unshakable that she obviously was that person before she got married. That's like right. that's just who she was mm-hmm. and was going to marry somebody that complimented that. Well, think if she was a Roman, Imagine the nerve she must have yes. had to marry a Jewish. I thought that yeah. same thing. Person That's who actually there's pretty some, much a big deal. Some commentaries believe that he was a Jewish slave before. Wow. wow. So imagine the nerve that she had to find the person that she loved that God had for yeah. her, and to be faithful yeah. in that. And so that says a lot about her. Be way before marriage or anything came into the picture. Exactly. So. Exactly. This isn't just about marriage. No. This is about yeah. Exactly. That's a mm-hmm. good point, Monica. Thanks yep. for that. Well, Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Priscilla's I can't cool. wait for Tamar's. <laughs> we'll <see. laughs> Tamar's. Tamar's. Uh, Tamar cubed. Yeah, cubed. <laughs> uh, well, Sarah, will you pray us out? I will. Thank you, Lord, for another day of just getting in the word and learning new things. Thank you for how you reveal yourself to us and how you bring to life um, words on a page written so many years ago. Lord, I pray that... Um, Just this information on Praquilla will have fallen onto ears and hearts of listeners and been able to encourage someone where they are today, cast inspiration and encouragement and uh, purpose, Lord. And I pray that you will meet again our listeners where they are today on their walk. Just guide and direct us, Lord. Keep us all safe. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.